Hello and welcome to Plattress. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing The Raven Prince by Elizabeth Hoyt. This was published in 2006 and is number one in the Princes series. That's an awful series name. I mean, I don't think, she, I don't know. I don't know who came up with the name for the series. It's Raven Prince, Serpent Prince, Leopard Prince. Shape-shifting princes series. Yeah, but they're not shape-shifters. Well, oh, I mean, I guess the fairy tale. Fairy, fairy tale, tale shape-shifters. Prince, I don't know, but like, if I Google princes series, I'm going to nothing. Like, this was not made for keyword optimization. I know. Okay. Oh, well. I'm madder about that than I should be. Here's the book jacket. There comes a time in a lady's life. Widowed Anna Wren is having a wretched day. After an arrogant male on horseback nearly squashes her, she arrives home to learn that she is in dire financial straits. When she must do the unthinkable. The Earl of Swartingham is in a quandary. Having frightened off two secretaries, Edward de Roff needs someone who can withstand his bad temper and boorish behavior and find employment. When Anna becomes the Earl's secretary, it would seem that both their problems are solved. Then she discovers he's, he plans to visit the most notorious brothel in London for his manly needs. Well, Anna sees Red and decides to assuage her womanly desires with the Earl as her unknowing lover. First of all, excellent description, Poor formatting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, I agree. Like usually the heading, like the there comes a time in a lady's life where she must do the unthinkable and, and find, find employment. employment. Like usually what's under them is a little more relevant a and little cohesive. Bit more relevant, yeah. That like, good summary, bad formatting. It's a pretty good summary. Yeah, pretty good summary. So anyway, uh, that's what happens in the first half of the book. <laughs> yeah, and I keep forgetting the brothel exists, and I don't know why, because it's all very good. Meg, yeah. what was your 16-word summary? Wounded widow meets wounded earl. It turns out that they are each the other's perfect match. And mine is, men who can't take a hint require stealthy seduction by an aggressive widow in a brothel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, fair. Get it. Get some, Anna. Okay. Tropes. Scars. Of the smallpox variety, not of, like, the sexy whip to save people he loves variety. Yeah. Infertility. Sort of. Yeah. Disguises. Um, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe there are some disguises. Uh, sort of a Cinderella story, kind of? Sort of. So she's um, a widow, as we've mentioned. Um, she is living with her dead husband's mother. They're very close, even though her dead husband was a POS. Mm -hmm. And they are in a pretty tough financial situation and yeah. so she has to go get a job and she gets it as his secretary mm -hmm. he does not realize he's hiring a woman mm-hmm he doesn't hire her right his steward hires her right so um you know there's that there is a dog Mm -hmm. who is unnamed yes, by an the unnamed Earl. Dog. The Earl apparently doesn't name any of his animals. Very weird. But the dog, by loving the Earl, lets you know he's really a good guy. Yeah. And the Earl, in protecting this dog, lets you know he's not really that bad. Yeah. And the dog also loves Anna. Well, duh. <laughs> Everyone loves Anna. Which, by the way, I'm just realizing that Anna Wren, the Anna Raven Wren. Prince. Uh -huh. Yeah, that took me a year. <laughs> Perfect. I'm... Great. Oh gosh. Um, 
Edward really needs an heir. Yeah, he's an earl, as we've discussed. He's got a ton of family properties, but he's uh, got a tragic backstory. Oh, such a tragic backstory. And so does she. I mean, she's the poor. She does too, but his tragic backstory is like a real tragic. So it was. This is one of the few where I like believed it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he needs some kids, you know? <laughs> so um, he's got smallpox scars. Because his whole family got smallpox and died. Yeah. Except for him. Yep. So he had brothers and sisters and loving parents. Everyone was wonderful. And then they died, all of them. And then he got married. And she died in childbirth. And so did the kid. Yep. I mean, it's it's very... But she also was very turned off by him. Yeah, she... Like, she was very much a lay there and think of England and don't look at my disgusting husband, who was very hot except for the smallpox scars. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that because I think he's not, but... Also, maybe. But his body. His body is very hot. I'm not thinking about his face. Okay. That's, that's fair. <laughs> Look. Um, her Ooh. husband, her dead husband, was unfaithful. He was unfaithful. And the Tawn knows it. Parts of the Tawn. Well, parts of her little village. Yeah, the time. <laughs> Including the woman his husband yeah. was having sex with. Her husband was having sex mm -hmm. with. And this woman throws it in Anna's face. Oh, yeah. As much as she can. Yep. And as you heard, she is widowed. At this point, that's a trope in she, and of itself. Yeah, she is a widow. Uh, guys, uh, before we get into anything, I just want you to know this is Ho uh, Elizabeth Hoyt's debut novel. Like... I can't believe it because it is literally one of the most perfect romance novels. It's so good. It's so good. I could even entertain the idea that nothing she's written since then has lived up to The Raven Prince because it is that good. Like, I love it so much. It's really good. It's really good. And for Ahoy, no sexual violence, which I was really into mm -hmm. like she relies on that so much mm -hmm. in her later writing mm -hmm. and so the fact that here they both have legitimately tragic angsty stories but they don't involve the degradation of women was mm -hmm. like a plus mm -hmm. yeah so anyway um i just threw this in there his steward mr hopple has these amazing waistcoats <laughs> one of them has little pigs on it one of them has little bees on it and they're thematically appropriate yeah exactly he's like doing. oh i'm gonna visit the the fields today i'm gonna wear the bees he comes off like a miss frizzle type it's it's great but a 19th century steward i really like him me too a lot okay uh so let's talk about edward being hot yeah because this plays into the female gaze yeah because this book is just full of it. So basically, Edward is described as being sallow and having pockmarks all over his face. Yeah. So his face is pretty ugly. And in fact, they sort of are gossiping about him around town, about how he's ugly. They're like, oh yeah, have you met the Earl? He's pretty ugly, right? And Anna's like, yeah. She's like, well, he's not unattractive. Mm -hmm. And there are so many scenes about like what eye candy he is mm -hmm. so there's this scene where he wrestles a sheep mm -hmm. out of the water so this sheep has fallen into a creek or whatever and so they try to they have to save the sheep and there's one that can't be saved so he takes off his boots takes off his shirt gets in the muddy creek grabs the sheep like tosses it up the bank in the process he gets knocked into the water and like next comes like the greatest eye candy of all time because mm -hmm. he like comes out of the water 
bare chest, slicks back his his hair, mm -hmm. and she like describes. So not only is he like coming out, it's also like very masculine because she says he's got covered in mud and also like blood mm -hmm. from the sheep because he got kicked and and you're and Anna's basically like sitting on this horse fanning it's herself. It's very primal. It really is, and I'm like. I can believe that this guy with this ugly face is so attractive. Yeah. And I also yeah. think there's a big difference between, for me between hot and sexy. Mm -hmm. And I might have talked about this on the podcast before. I don't think he's supposed to be like hot, which mm -hmm. to me means objectively attractive. Okay. But I do think he's supposed to be like loaded with sex appeal. Yeah. Like he's very sexy masculine and very masculine and like what's the elemental yeah <laughs> to quote yes. a previous movie. yes um so like that's the first scene where it's really like whoa he wrestles the sheep out of the water later he he's trying to seduce her and the way he does it is not by kissing her or anything he just he's like it's getting hot in this study so he just takes off his shirt and obviously like that is hot <laughs> yes. Right? And then um, he dresses up to go to a ball. And then so she sees him in different clothes. And then, of course, just the, I'm sorry, the phrase jack boots that go up to mid thigh. <laughs> just like all of it. I'm like, yes, I'm imagining. Let me talk all. to you about the English language. Right? And what it can do to us in clothing terms. Yeah, this is clothes porn that is very well done. Yeah. Because he's not supposed to be well-dressed. You don't have to be well-dressed for me to be into your clothes. Right. And I think there's also, to me, mm -hmm. even the most common of attire for him would have been custom-made. Mm -hmm. So you're picturing, like, yes. perfectly fitted. And these these well-worn-in buckskins with the jackboots over. But that, like, hug his ass. You uh -huh. know what I mean? Like, yes. even if they're his, like, work clothes, uh -huh. they were still made for him. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So. So anyway, um, female gaze is pandered to, and we love it. No, I hate that. Oh, you hate it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? No, that was... Tell me, Lane. I'm so, I'm dead, so bad. <laughs> deadpan sarcasm. Um, the other thing I think this book does, in, in I, maybe Lane disagrees with me, but I think that it writes women well. What I think it does is that it gives all sorts of different kinds of women are able to be on the page. And I would, I would say that maybe this is part of the reason I like reading romance novels, mm -hmm. is that it allows different kind of women. I kind of felt like, okay, two things. The person who had been the lover of her dead husband, mm -hmm. I thought was pretty one-dimensional. Sure. And like, fine. I actually thought there were a lot of women who are well-written, but there's sort of too many of them. Okay. <laughs> like, to, honestly, there's the pregnant friend who only shows up to tell her she's a good person and then have an accident. And there's the prostitute who only shows up to sort of exist. Like, they all kind of feel like Chekhov's gun. And then they didn't go off? No, they do. Like, oh. the pregnant one falls down the stairs and has an emergency, and the one who had been a prostitute gets beaten to a bloody pulp. Oh. And also, like, let's talk about how I didn't Wait. love that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I just kind of ended up feeling like, for all that, they weren't the worst developed women I'd ever mm -hmm. read. They, their relationship and dynamic wasn't the reason they were in the text. 
it was so they could be these devices. Yeah, I see. I don't. I don't agree. No, that's fair. But, but like, that's okay. Yeah, that's definitely that's a different okay. Point. We don't have to agree about everything. I like the but, book though. Yeah, but like, I, I don't know. I think back on books. One of my great friends uh, recommended this book to me called. Um, Please don't hate me, everyone. I'm going to talk about it. Cryptonomicon uh, by Neil Stevenson, which is, which is a good book. It's a good book. Everything's fine. There is. There are literally, there's like one woman character who has dialogue in this whole book. This book is like 900 fucking pages long. And it fails the Bechdel test. Yeah. I was like, women don't talk to each other once in that book. I was like, at least Anna. So Anna has two, three friends. Okay. And I know that sounds really stupid. Like, oh, she has three friends. She has friends that she has conversations with that are not about men. The conversation she has about with Felicity yeah. isn't even about men. Right. You know? And anyway. her mother-in-law, and yes. they're also not a friend group intentionally being designed so they can each have their love story exactly. in sequential. Like, no, that was refreshing. So I, I like it. I like maybe what I'm saying is that there's more depth of character for women as a class. Okay. Not as specific characters, but just the fact that we have a supporting cast that are women. They don't have to be super well developed. Okay. They can just be a character. I can in agree the book. with that. Anyway, I like it. Um, infertility. Uh, I, so here's the deal with the infertility in this book. It is the main conflict. Yep. And it felt very real and very painful yes. when I read it. Um, you really feel how Anna must feel and you actually understand how Edward must feel and the fact that this woman that he loves is infertile and his whole goal in life is to have children and, and you know, rebuild the estate basically and he's not looking for marriage of emotional connection mm -hmm. he's looking for a broodmare yeah yep and so he's found her and then when he discovers that she's infertile he's like well we can't like we can't be together mm -hmm. and it's very it's like really emotional very heartbreaking mm -hmm. like i actually believed in this conflict and then big surprise i'm sorry that i'm gonna spoil this ending for you but in the ending, they already have one kid. She's like pregnant with another. And I'm like, whatever. And clearly they, he doesn't decide to marry her because she gets pregnant right. or something. Like they come to their own term outside of this issue. If they hadn't, if they'd only gotten married because she was pregnant, I would have. Oh yeah. It. Yeah. So Luckily like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. So I just want to, but yeah, I don't like babies as a plot yeah. point. So like I was way more over this, but I agree with you. It was a pretty particularly tough handling of a pretty sensitive issue in the epilogue yeah in the epilogue yeah um okay so remember what happens is she starts working for edward she falls in total lust with him because he's primal so sexy like she saw him get a sheep out of a out of the river okay this is real sex here and he is also extremely attracted to her and he's like all right I got to get to London to get some of these urges out of my body. And to get married ASAP. And to get married. So he goes to London and she realizes that he's headed off to London to have sex in a brothel. Slake his lusts. Correct. And she decides that if he's going to slake his lust, he's going to slake it with her. Mm -hmm. But so she doesn't know about the married part. She doesn't know about the married part, no. Because that has nothing to do with lust. Right. So she manages to get into this brothel. And it's an interesting, so it's not 100% a brothel. It's not 100, yeah, right, it's right, right. It's like a, 
a very exclusive club that has some light gambling, does have some working prostitutes, but it also affords all of its aristocratic members the opportunity to wear masks. Mm -hmm. And so when a gentleman comes seeking sexual pleasure, he never knows if the woman given to him is one of the prostitutes or potentially a woman of the ton right. who's looking for a good time with exactly. no consequences. And so Anna's like, when Edward comes, send him to my room. And they do. They do. And we will get there, but listener, it is extremely hot. Yeah, so in the scene, when they're having sex, she does this thing where she pulls her hair behind her ears with her pinky fingers. Right. And she does it. It's what ends up getting her caught by him. Mm-hmm. It's he recognizes that mannerism. Mm-hmm. And he thinks they have similar body types they have, but she's in disguise. And his small town secretary is not who he's going to think yes. is in a London brothel. Yeah. But no, not only that, there's this night where he gets super trash like mm-hmm. so drunk starts a tavern fight and then he because and she's not there because like, she's not there. Like to have sex with her for a third night in a row and they're like there is they're no like one. she's not here sorry and he gets so angry that he basically smashes up the bar and then all the bouncers he like has a huge fight with all of them yep. and then they make friends because apparently that's what men do after they have a fight they make friends with the people they were fighting yep. they go to a different tavern and then they get he gets sloshed and the, the last thing he remembers before he passes out is he's toasting the one true pure woman of his Mrs. acquaintance. This is Anna Wren. This is Anna Wren. <clears throat> Who he was just um, having sex with the night before. It, but he doesn't know it. it. So. So anyway, that's hot. It's <laughs> incredibly. Can we just. Okay, we gotta get to sexiness. Next. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, there, there, this plot has a lot of twists and turns. It's actually a very convoluted plot. But I like it all. Which I think is why I have a hard time remembering what this, yeah. like the specific. There are a lot book. of things that happen in this book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the meat cute, she knocks him off his horse. Literally. Literally. <laughs> um, then she gets a job as a secretary. Then she goes to London and has sex with him secretly. Then they come back to town. And there's a whole bunch of town politics. Town politics happen there. Come back to town and they go to Felicity Clearwater's ball. Her friend falls down the stairs, um, goes into labor early. She takes in a stray woman off the street. Yeah. Um, he gets engaged. He gets engaged. He discovers it was her. Yep. Then he he's like, well, then fine. Now I guess I have to propose to her. She's ruined my life. Although also in the back of his head, you can see him kind of being happy that he is just going to be forced to marry Anna because, oh, no. Um, then, he ha- then he decides to seduce her because she won't marry him. Uh, then they go to Lynn. Then she gets blackmailed. And then uh, there's, a, there's a duel at the end, and that's it. So... Lots of twists oh and turns. Oh, God, I forgot about the duel. Oh, how could you forget? I love it. So good. So good. Anyway, uh, it's great. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, the ending is amazing. I yeah. like, love it. Normally, I'm like, oh, God, a du- you know me. I'm like, oh, a duel, so dumb. Oh, he's got to protect her honor, whatever. Oh, no. He goes to the same tavern that he fucking destroyed the other time and uh, has a duel in there that he ends by punching the dude in the face. Like, I'm sorry. It was great. It's amazing. It's really good. <laughs> okay, he has, he has a really bad... Him. I don't we really like tell. Edward. He has a really bad temper. Is this an issue to you? 
Like, because part of the part of his whole thing is that he's scared everyone off. Like, Mr. Hopple is like scared to death of him, which is why he hires Anna mm-hmm. because he can't go back and say that he can't find a secretary. Yeah. And part of the whole book, part of the reason they fall in love is that she's not intimidated by his temper, basically. She, yeah. she recognizes that it's all bluster. Is this an issue to you? Yeah. Okay. And, okay, let's talk about men in literature who have had this temperament. To me, like, the person I want to compare him to is Emerson. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I feel like Emerson's just like a yeller. Yeah. And is frequently immediately contrite. Yeah. When Amelia calls him out on like you're bellowing and scaring everyone. Yeah. He's like, Oh, so sorry, I'm I'm yeah. Like he's actually But that's what Edward does. He's like a screamer. He's like a bellower. Yeah, but I feel like he's also a little less able to acknowledge that he's been wrong or yeah. like feel bad that he scared the staff. Yeah. Like Emerson didn't go through house staff. Like all the house staff love him and that's true. also see through his bluster. The fact yeah. that Edward's the people around him don't see through right. it, except for Anna, makes me nervous that that means it's a little bit more real. Sure. Like, he's a little more prone to violence and a little less self-reflective. And, like, the difference between a bear who doesn't understand that he's a bear yeah. versus, like, somebody who's yeah. an earl who's used to getting his way all yeah. the time and doesn't necessarily always see other people as people. Yeah. Although, when she calls him on it, he does... She teases him about it, and then he's like, yeah, I guess you're kind of right. Yeah. So he does. Maybe the whole issue is that no, he is an Earl, and no one has called him on it. Yeah, maybe. So. I didn't. It's also the character, right? We've, yeah. We've been calling him primal and raw and rugged exactly. and all these words. Like, like, that's part of it. Like, huh? this is taking it a little too seriously. I feel like, is this real life? If this was real life, yeah, I'd have a problem yeah. with his temper. But, as you know, described. like, he gets, he gets kicked into the water by a sheep, and then he doesn't get, he's not upset at all. Right. You know? But he, is, he has two full tavern fights. He does have two, that's, this is true. Would I want to be with a dude who has a, like, actual huge fight and, like, trashes a tavern? Probably not. Yeah, but, And like, yet I love it in this book right so it's it's sort of it's its own rubric yeah no i don't have a problem with it in this text yeah i want to acknowledge that yes i have a fundamental problem with violent people yeah uh, I, I did grow up with a father who was had a bad temper mm. he wasn't violent so he i was never frightened mm-hmm. and so maybe that's why i'm like oh this is that's who he is like my father was banned from the sprint store because <laughs> he went in and they well i mean uh, okay first of all if sprint has never made you angry then you do not live in 21st century america so number one one. Or of course, never had sprint. He, well, yeah. <laughs> of course, he, of course, he was angry. But then, what did he do? He like yelled at the person inside, and then he ran outside and threw his cell phone at the brick um, facade and like smashed it everywhere. And they said, "Well, you can't. You're banned now from the sprint store. You have to do all your business by phone." Um, that was not my father. He crushed all the bushes at the the DMV once when he went to get his driver's license because he stood. In, I, again, if you've ever been to the DMV and not been angry, you do not live in America. But I've also never I've crushed also never bushes. squished all the bushes. Yeah, this is true. So I, I did grow up with a man who was I fell a little bit in this mold. So, but who was ultimately not actually a danger. Oh no, 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 so, no, no, yeah, no, different. No. So. Yeah, no, I, I can see that being less of a thing. Um, did anything offend you? I mean, 
No, I am not offended by this book. However, there are some there is some content that trigger be, warning. Yes, exactly. Um, I mean, first of all, there there are scenes, full many scenes that take in place in a brothel, and there are working prostitutes. There are working prostitutes. She takes in prostitutes um, mm -hmm. to as charity um, to nurse them back to health. Which right, is, and then find them respectable employment. Find them respectable employment, which which is. I'm not upset with, but one of the women who comes to her place has been violently beaten by her protector. Protector. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then we talked about her infertility. We talked about the infertility reversing epilogue. Like, the infertility itself... Was just a trigger warning. Could be a trigger warning. Um, I think it's pretty well handled in the text. I think the epilogue undoes a lot of... Undoes. <laughs> undoes a lot of... The, the good work. work. That it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. <laughs> Great. We got through all of that. How sexy was this? This book is so sexy, Lane. So, first of all, there's so much us. Mm -hmm. And then a little bit of resolved sexual tension mm -hmm. when they're working together. Like, oh he is God. so into her. They're, part of what pisses her off, like we said, is like they're building all the sexual chemistry and she realizes he's running off to have sex with someone else. And she's yeah. like, that is bullshit. She's like, no, no, no. You built that up with me. You can't use it with someone else. Yeah. So, and he's like kissed her two or three times. Yeah. Maybe even just once. Yeah. Which I guess this could be a little trigger warning me. I mean, it's definitely a big power imbalance relationship. It is. Like he's her employer it and is. he's an aristocrat and yeah. she's a commoner who yes. needs the job. On the other hand, there's no, it's not treated that way in the text. And then he even thinks about it mm -hmm. sometimes. He's like, oh, I can't believe I'm even thinking about her. She probably has no idea. I can't believe I'm being such a jerk. I'm her employer. But then he still kisses her. So. He does, but he it's because he can't resist her. Right. Like, like if you're, yeah. This is like peak, they cannot resist each other. Exactly. So she sneaks off to this brothel. She's waiting for him in just like a scrap of mm -hmm. clothing and, and a, a mask. mask. And he comes in and... They don't say anything they say to each nothing. other. They say nothing. They're just immediately all over each other. And he's like confused by how immediately intense this is. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. She was like, I mean, I liked sex before, but I didn't remember it was this good. But also like, I know I made this bed, but also like, oh my God, oh my God, it's happening. Oh my God. Uh -huh. And the only thing he says the first night is see you tomorrow. Yeah. Like, he, she's like he's like, same place tomorrow. Same place, same time tomorrow. Out the door. So then he comes back the second day. And, and it's even hotter. It's even hotter. Like, I don't know how she does this. She, she writes things that I'm usually not even into. And I'm like, that is hot. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. It, everything lingers. Yes. It's just... <laughs> I don't know. So um, at that point, she's like, okay, got to get back to it. She's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, like, this is taking an emotional toll. Because yeah. again, what, is the, what does he say to her? He says, same time tomorrow. Yep. And she's like, I can't. Like, I can't. This was great, but also... Pretend. Yeah. Like, not real life. So she goes back, and then they're in a new phase of their lust. Yes. Where he keeps dreaming about the... The masked masked person and watching her transform into Anna and yeah. so he's like wrecked. He's and like, I thought this was supposed to relieve my lust, not make it worse. And she's really bothered by being around him, being the only one who knows. Mm -hmm. 
Then he discovers. Well, and then they keep making out. They keep making out, yeah. And huh. then he figures it out watching her tuck her hair behind uh -huh. her ear one day and loses his mind. He loses his shit. Um, then he comes to see her at her house. I love this so much because he's like, okay, we had sex. We got to get married. And she's like, no, I know that you have plans for your life that involve children and I can't give that to you. So I release you from any obligation that you may have. And then he notices that she's looking at his mouth and he's like, hmm, she's saying that she doesn't want to marry me, but I know she wants to fuck me. Mm -hmm. So I am going to convince her to marry me by making myself sexually attractive. Yeah. And it's a genius plan. I mean, about it. I think it's a great plan. Also, I love that she turns her back on him and he falls silent and he's thinking. And then I, I, I have read this book a lot of times because I love it. She turns around and he's looking contemplatively, looking contemplatively at her ass. Basically, it's just like, he's like, he's thinking really hard. But Where's he's the lie? Like, he's also like gonna check out her ass at the same time. Where is the lie? So great. So anyway, then, so new phase of the relationship, he's gonna try to seduce her with his sexy manly body. So he does things like take off his shirt while he's giving dictation. He does, however, use his power as her employer to force her to spend time with him when this she doesn't is true. want to. Putting this out. But it was, I'm pro. I just want to state that I should be con. Yeah. So letting you guys know. Yeah. But yeah, so he's like dictating to her. She's stuck. She's working. And he just starts stripping. And she, he's like, don't you think it's hot in here? She's like, no, I think it's fine. And then she's like, why are you taking off your cravat? Why are you taking off your shirt? <laughs> And then they're uh, interrupted by the staff. Oh, God damn you, Mr. Hopple. I said I liked you, but... Cock block. Seriously. Then um, he's like, oh, we've got to go to London, and my secretary has to come with me. And they just get it on, like, every single night. Yep. Basically. Yeah. Well, because, duh. I mean, I, I would, too. Yeah, and um, I guess then they get married. And then they get married. <laughs> Whatever. But it's just... It's extremely hot. It's extremely NC-17, too. It's, which, it's, it, it, look, this is Elizabeth Hoyt. This um, is like Elizabeth Hoyt turned up by 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is her first book, guys. This is her first book. I don't know how she did this. I do not know how she did this. <laughs> it's amazing. This book is amazing. Yes. So good. I also, like, I should hate that the first sex scene is, like, non-consensual in that he doesn't, he know, doesn't know what's going on. And I don't care. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, I love this book. I love almost everything about it. Yeah. Um, even the things that I know I shouldn't like, I love. Yeah. The only thing that I wish were different about this book, honestly, is the epilogue. Yeah. That's it. Everything else. Honestly, I don't think I needed an epilogue. I didn't need one. Or if they did have an epilogue, it was very recently after their wedding, and she's just snubbing Felicity Clearwater. Yeah. Like, that would have been enough for me. Just she comes back from the honeymoon as a countess, and she's like, oh, hi, Felicity. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really good. Like, but I didn't need... I didn't, kids, you. I just didn't need it all wrapped up in a bow. No. And, you know, this is the first in a series, so you could have had, later in the series, he's having a conversation with Pi, Harry Pi. His friend, you know. Mm-hmm. And he mentions, oh, you know, I, we didn't think it was going to happen, but and I got pregnant or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I could have probably handled it that way. Mm -hmm. But a whole epilogue about it. 
Especially when the whole book was about the emotional damage infertility does. Like, mm -hmm. uh, exactly. anyway, don't want to end on that note. I want to end on the sex. The sex is because amazing. <laughs> what happened? Chapters, you guys. Chapters. This is like Stephanie Lauren's quantity. And kind of batshittery. So much better in quality. Yeah, like the characters have character traits. Mm -hmm. Which is weird. Yeah. I mean, that's, I will say that's something that Hoyt does well is her, I don't feel like I'm reading the same character every time I read no. her books. Yeah. And they're both really well written. They're both really well written. They both have their own motivations. Their motivations make sense. And they're hot together. So. Yeah. I highly recommend this book. Me too. As always, thank you guys so much for listening.